welcome you back again, ladies and gentlemen, the Sunday card week number five here. As we predicted, we said we had a bad week in week three. We, you know, acknowledge that very much so on the show. But we said one thing, we will rise, we will bounce back. And boy, did we deliver. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, is in the building. Gentlemen, what a week. We kill three and two from both your boy and Matty Icicles. Not only do we also hit the under the weather, which is now a sizzling hot 4-0 in this sizzling hot season, but we made magic. We pulled the rabbit out of a hat. Matty Ice did his thing. We tell you, it only has to hit a couple of times a year, and you're golden. Tampa, Tennessee, thank you very much. Put it in your pocket and put it to bed. Matthew, you're feeling good. Can't be feeling any better. We won four, but we're up units. And again, lost three in the first three weeks, but we plus 400 last week. Wasn't very big, but you know, we had to get one. We had to, sometimes, you know, Lou, you got to see one go in every once in a while, right? Mm. You got to just go and, you know, we're not making threes. Let's just go to the free throw. Let's just knock one in really quick. Got to see one go in. So feeling great about that. You got to feel it. You got to feel it sometimes. Yeah, the bet the narrative has not been doing so well. But if you added that to your money line parlay, can you imagine what that would have been? No matter which way we went last week, we were, we were going between a couple teams and uh, all three that we were debating between run one outright. So hopefully everybody uh, just put a bunch of money line dogs out there. Cause that's, that's how you make money this season is you got to bet money line dogs. Sounds like someone had a round Robin involved with all this. We did have a round Robin. With all three no! So great week, great week. As far as, um, you know, killing your bookmakers go and great on the show, great off the show um, with live units. So let's review it then. Let's review it. Let's just see what happened, you know, because we pretty much killed. Um, why don't we start with, you know, togetherness? Because we had, uh, we'll start with Maddie, obviously. Uh, not only hitting the mind meld, which is fantastic, but also the number one pick of the week. Maddie hits Tennessee easy outright, outright winner, not even close. I mean, that was a disgusting performance by the Bengals once again. Houston outlasting Pittsburgh as well. C.J. Stroud looks golden. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not only on the money line parlay, but in the five. I was going to say, I mean, it was, it, not for nothing, it was three dogs that were kind of no sweat. I mean, they, I mean, they were, they, they all dominated. They all balled out. So uh, felt really good about that one. Um, like I said, I was telling you guys before the show, I, was, I mentioned last week I was at the Sound on Sound Festival. I was shut out from scores from halftime out of the 1 o'clock game. So I was sweating that one out they were all a big at halftime and i'm like man which one of these is gonna blow it thinking it would be one of the ones in the parlay but it was not so luckily we made it out but um and man again i also wasn't on my phone necessarily on sunday mad about one of the losers certainly really mad about one of the losers mm. because it wouldn't have been in the show uh, you know if we had recorded sunday morning before the picks but deshaun, <laughs> Watson, deshaun Watson doesn't play and uh the baltimore ravens kicked the hell out of the uh, the cleveland browns yeah that one that's tough that's tough. That I mean, you know, that you that I think that's one of the the themes for the week was like for me in particular it was like check the injury report. See who's starting. I mean, we had so many games like that. We had yep. Cleveland with DTR, we had Bryce Young starting, which we did acknowledge on the show. Anthony Richardson ended up starting, uh which was a little bit of a surprise there as well. So, um there was just, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in this game that 
you know, ended up kind of swaying. So the lines on Sunday morning moved like crazy. And and like we said, Tennessee, that's an outright winner. The Bengals, to me, look broken. Uh, I also had uh, Buffalo in mind as well. Buffalo, I mean, we talked about it, right? That was the spot, right? I, I mean, the cojones to take that one, that's a big one. I, I mean, I didn't even bet it like, I didn't even bet it off the show. I constantly went back during the week, and I was like, do I had Buffalo minus two and a half? I kept seeing two and a half, two and a half, and I was scared off. I was scared off from the Dolphins offense, but uh, good on you for seeing that as the spot and seeing that the Bills are just the better team and that the Dolphins are beating up on the Broncos defense, which is the absolute worst in the league. They make Justin Fields look like an MVP candidate, and somehow, some way, the man still lost a game. Can you believe that? I, that was, I mean, that was a, that's a lose-lose for both teams. That game was a lose-lose <laughs> for everybody involved. Hey, your heart beat your head on that one, though. That's definitely true for you. I'm just kind of <laughs> um, <laughs> dang it. Uh, we had, so we had that. We had Tennessee at Buffalo. Head-to-head. Finally gotcha. Finally. One of the year. Oh, my goodness. And I thought it was going to be so easy, too. And let me just say about Anthony Richardson, that dude is a baller. He was making some nice throws out there, but it's Puka season, like you said. Puka Nakua, man, I'm just hoping that Cooper Cup coming back this week isn't gonna isn't gonna you know deflate him too much as far as fantasy value goes. Anybody with him on their fantasy team is is living large right now. But yeah, Anthony Richardson, and that was again speaking of seeing scores at halftime and then being very shocked when I got home and got to see that it was only a three point game after all all was said and done. Um, or a six-point game with, with Nakua scoring, scoring late. But, uh, yeah, Richardson, like I said, I watched, I watched a lot of the highlights uh, of what he did in the second half. You know, very different story. His first game back from injury, too. So kind of makes sense. I had to get into the ebbs and flows of the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, him and C.J. Stroud are balling out, and Bryce Young is – tried to warn you about uh, Bryce Young last week. Did, uh, did try to warn you that. No, you I mentioned what? on the show that he was going to start, and I said, no. I don't want to go here. No, 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 no. I'm not giving up on that because that was so – if you watch you that should. game – if that was if you watched that game, I, Matt, I'm telling you, everything went right for Carolina in the, the first half. Like Kirk Cousins threw a 99 yard interception on the first drive of the game, throws another red zone. It's like everything. It was like lining up perfectly for Carolina to cover, and it was Minnesota crapping themselves just like I had said. They can't take care of the ball, and everything they were driving the ball down the field. Bang, just a fumble that goes completely awry. I was so frustrated. And then they had a chance to do it to cover at the end of the game. Like they had a shot at it. I felt like I was on the right side, but like you say all the time, the right side's the winning side. I was going to say, so you're not getting off it because everything went their way and they still lost? That sounds like what you should be getting off and of the team no, and, but and, a, and a player. I, listen, we, we may discuss it later, but I'll say this. That team was spent after that game because everything – they had the ball for 38 minutes in the game and they only rushed for 83 yards in the game. How crazy is that? They had it for 38 minutes and they still couldn't get it done. The offense is in depth. And, again, we we were Frank Wright guys on this show. Maybe, you know, we started fading a little bit last year, but we've been Frank Wright guys in this podcast. And I, I'm not certainly standing at his defense anymore, anymore at all. No. No, not at all. And then the last one, I mean, just I don't even want to talk about it. I mean, just cool. completely. I, and I said it. I said it on, on Sunday. I, I literally tweeted it. I said, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with this kid. Like, I just, I can't. You can't keep getting yourself into holes and then playing good to try to get yourself back in. 
Mark it down. This is October 4th where we're, when we're doing the show right now. I, I legitimately said to Michelle, my wife, I said, I'm putting the jersey away, and I don't think I'm going to put it back on. Like, I don't – I'm not sure I'm going to put it back on. Like, he can win me back if he plays well, but I'm not sure I, I can do it. And it's not just him. It's the team around him, yes. They don't play well against good teams. I'm just like – and here comes Danny Vence understanding and realizing that this team stinks. It stinks. <laughs> and it's a failing organization, and it sucks. And now – league is hard. This league all of a sudden just not playing. I mean, two point conversions on like on fake field goals going. Dan, and like, Dan, Dan. Oh my gosh, it's Dan. disgusting. Dan, what song rendition do you want? Okay, what 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 do you want, huh? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. You're one of us now. You're just a loser like one of us. Welcome to the bottom of the barrel. Tommy Boy is gone. Au revoir, Ovidense. I don't even know if that's goodbye. Uh, but you're you're one of us now. You got Macaroni Jones. Your team stinks. Welcome to being the Jets for God knows how long. And the and the best part is is that they're always gonna. Well, we'll talk about the Belichick factor too because that was uh, the worst loss in his history there. But you're always gonna kind of be that team. Like I never see the Patriots being like a two to four win team. No, this year. Uh, but you're always going to be six to eight. You're never going to have a high draft pick. You're never going to get a good quarterback unless you nail one again. If you get one in a million in the back of the seventh round, cycle. So welcome to hell. It's the cycle. It's the cycle <laughs> of let's just sit in the draft and and pick a quarterback, and then all of a sudden it's seven years. You have mid playoffs. Let's keep like, trading back you know? again. Let's just trade back. Yeah, again, like again, trade again. back. God forbid. You know what Dallas does that that New England doesn't do? Just and this is just a tangent of mine. Dallas is a good team, but they'll never win anything because they're just you know they're not really run correctly in terms of from like the coaching standpoint, but. They're a good team in the organization because they just draft the most talented guy in the draft. They draft the CeeDee Lamb. They draft the, Ty the, the Tyron Smith. They draft the Micah Parsons. They just draft that guy. What do the Patriots do? Trade down every time. Trade down. Christian Gonzalez is great. Oh, whoa, 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 Juju. Now, Juju. <laughs> that guy stinks. One catch on five. I can't even say it. One catch in five targets. Dan's blow up. He's sick to his stomach. He can't help it. He can't even say Juju Smith Schuster out of his mouth. It, it's he, sad. It's sad. He's, 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 physically, he's physically he's physically ill. The doctors can't find anything wrong with him. He's just physically ill. It's because of the yeah, yeah. It's crazy. he's just he's got the suds. There's something. I don't know what he's got. He's got he's got me sick with Juju fever. You know, bad Juju is not good. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, and then Judon going down for the year. It was a disaster. We'll see if they can bounce back. I mean, well, you know what? I do want to give you a point, though, here. I, I want to give you a point, unless you have something to say. No, I was going to say, what does bounce back look like for the Patriots this year? I know. It's like, you know. Six wins. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, that's what everybody keeps telling me. It's like, oh, don't panic. Don't panic. This is where we expect them to be. Yeah, but you also expected them to be eight and nine. You know, like, oh, that's oh, no, not no, where no. we want to be. You know? Yeah, but I didn't. No, no, no. I'm saying this is what people are saying to me. You don't panic. You just you you put your seatbelt on and you just ride the coaster down. That's it. This is welcome to this lifestyle. Welcome. This is it. You've never experienced. This is it. This is it. 
Danny refuse to have these expectations. He's putting his top over. Yeah. Yeah, I refuse to have these expectations. I just will not have them, and I think it's disgusting. Um, anyway, ten and uh, seven in the season preview. But okay, yeah, I, I that was. Uh, we'll get there. Anyway, <laughs> we have to get to the show, Matt. Here's some trends. I could go on this on this forever and ever. We have to get to some trends this week. Nine and seven to the under. Okay, nine and seven to the under. Seven teams scored less than ten points this week. Seven. So bad offenses, and it's still only nine and seven to the under, which is interesting to me. Uh, and then favorites, favorites ten five and one this week, closing favorites. So pretty nuts. Yeah, now the, the over unders have they not? That, no, it was it was big under week on week one. Uh, week two was big over week. What was week three? Was it? Did, have we gone? Are we basically two and two with uh, overs to unders so far this year? Essentially, I think. Essentially, yeah. I mean the unders have been more definitely. You know, the unders have been hitting at a much higher rate. Like I said, yeah. And I think Lou, we had it when when Matt wasn't here. We had the the stat of the the scoring is down like tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sure. you know that was uh, that was a factor. But this was, and the other thing too is the public is winning a lot. Public is just really playing well this year. So like in terms of ticket prices, if you have tickets over fifty percent, I mean teams are covering those two teams that are over fifty percent. So it's very interesting how it's going on this year uh matt let's do it you are three and two from last week and officially 12 seven and one on the year that is 60 percent. i got back to 500 at 10 and 10 Lou, let's get back on track we got to get back on track one and three we don't even have to talk about it i know you don't want to talk about it so we won't talk can, about the can i can you give me like 30 seconds sure go who the hell was i watching on sunday night who who was that who who's did did they have a, a stunt double who was that? All right. I was at the local watering hole, all right, known as Archie Moores in Brantford. Who who was that? Okay. Everyone's screaming at the screen. Oh, Zach Wilson's launching the ball. What was it? His first time in his career, two touchdowns and zero interceptions. I said that yeah. to my younger sister, who's also a Jets fan. I'm so sorry. She goes, That's really a stat. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. I, uh, listen, nine and a half felt good because Taylor Swift was in town. They're mm-hmm. going to win the next game by a million points. Uh, but the Jets just somehow, some way, continue to screw me. I'm done. That's it. I'm glad. This is like a Patrick, therapy session. Patrick Mahomes screwed you, my friend. Patrick Mahomes yes. just slides, screwed everybody. The man's just throwing the ball all willy nilly. You could have put me out there. I could have thrown the ball to the other team if you wanted. It was hey, is, is Patrick Mahomes taking a step back? That's a great question. No, maybe he does need receivers on his team, like we've been saying since week one. Mm. Yeah, but Joe Burrow has receivers, and those aren't looking so Well, he good. needs a calf. Oh, please. I will re- no, go on, go on. We're not going to have this conversation. Yeah, we, we could go. Yeah, this cow's yeah. going. We got to do the picks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Maddie's twelve seven and one, like we said. Uh, I am ten and ten. Lou one and three. Bet the narrative, as we said. There's one and three under the weather. Four and zero. Oh, Magic money line parlay is one and three up one unit. Maddie still leading in the standings. I feel like I say this every week, but I will. I want to be able to pick her punt at some point this year, but I probably won't. So uh, it looks like he's receiving on the play to start overtime. Let's do it. I want this one. We're doing it again. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop. Can't quit him. 
I clearly with the year that the Broncos are having, I, I don't have anything to root for. I am a Houston Texans fan. I am a CJ Stroud fan. We are taking the Houston Texans plus two is where I have it at in my notes. This line has been bouncing. Uh, yeah, two. Yeah, two right now. Um, CJ Stroud is extremely good at playing football. He's a very, very good quarterback. This is not, not he's good for a rookie. He's good for, uh, you know, his first four games. He is fourth in the league in passing yards. He is fourth in the league in air yards. So he's not Brock Purdying or Jimmy Garoppoloing his way about this and, and d- throwing dump offs. He's fourth passing yards, fourth in air yards, sixth in passer rating. They take care of the football, averaging only a half of a turnover per game. He's getting the ball out extremely quick and efficient. He is tied with Tua at getting the ball out in 2.2 seconds in the pocket uh, and, and doing it efficiently. I mean, he's, he's tied for four, uh, with Tua with third. The only two getting it out faster are Lawrence and Burrow, and they are doing it for negative reasons because they have no offense. One, need to get the ball out. And I just think, again, I can talk up the Texans all you want, and I can talk down Desmond Ritter all you want because if we've been mentioning how bad at football this guy is, me and Steve Smith are still on that bandwagon. We're just going to figure out why they keep giving Desmond Ritter the football to throw the ball, and he's absolutely horrible. I mean, he pissed down his leg last week in, in London. He three turnovers, looked about as bad as you can be. Um, and I just think that in this game, it's a little bit of a coin flip. I do think Atlanta's going to be able to run the ball. That's guaranteed. You can tell me that, that they're going to be able to run the ball. But when push comes to shove, Houston is going to put up points on offense, and Atlanta is only able to uh, stay in games when they can run the ball at a 75% clip, 70, 75% clip, and not make Ritter throw the ball. Houston's D-line, they aren't getting a ton of sacks so far in the year, but they are the third highest in the league in pressure rate at 44.5%. So if you are getting Desmond Ritter pressure on close to 50% of his dropbacks, even if it's only he's thrown the ball, you know, for the Falcons' sake, hopefully like 15 to 20 times, he's still going to make mistakes when he is under pressure. He's getting worse. I think teams are figuring out what his weaknesses are on defense. D'Amico Ryans is absolutely going to be able to scheme a game plan for a Desmond Ritter level of quarterback to keep them in this one. I know, I think I should be getting off Houston at this point because we might be at the peak of the market, but I also don't think the market's adjusting for how good CJ Stroud is playing. Like he is a top 12 quarterback in the league so far through four weeks. I I didn't, you know, I could have went higher, but he's a top 12 quarterback in the league so far. I mean, he's playing fantastic. Uh, in all facets of the game. So I'm going to just keep riding this riding this bull, uh, this Texans mm-hmm. bull, as long as I can, uh, and take Houston plus two, plus two, plus one and a half. Well, <clears throat> you made an excellent point in one of your comments where you said it would be a good time at this point in the season to get off the Houston Texans. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going head-to-head. We have to at least ride the winning streak here. Uh, This is my number four pick, Atlanta, minus two. I'm marketing economics. Buy low, sell high. I mean, that's where I am right here. And look, C.J. Stroud is officially everyone's darling. After He used his legs really well. I thought he used his legs really well as well in this game. But he was making some great passes uh, in that game against against Pittsburgh. But Houston, I mean, 
they're really only moving the ball between the 20s. They stall in the red zone. They're not very good. They're 31st in the league in red zone offense. Uh, it's it's And that's touchdown percentage. It's not great. Plus, Atlanta in the red zone is, is fifth in defense, red zone defense this year. They're also tied for fifth in opponent's red zone attempts this year. So if Atlanta – I mean, if Atlanta's going to run the football, Houston can maybe field goal them to death. But I, I, I have a hard time thinking Stroud's going to do that and playing well under pressure and now going on the road playing against a team that does have a higher pressure rate than Pittsburgh does. And as good as he was against Pittsburgh under pressure, I, I still think that there's – I just want to temper expectations. Like we're four games into the season. People are getting hot. Like I get it. And, and I get it from you too. But let's remember this Houston defense. Again, you just mentioned, I mean, the rushing attack for Atlanta is probably should win out here. I mean, Houston's 19th in rushing yards per game allowed. They're 20th in yards per carry allowed. They're 27th in third down defense. Ritter threw 31 passes in a game that they played against Trevor Lawrence. They tried to keep up and they couldn't do it. That's not going to happen this week. And if it does, there's something wrong with Arthur Smith. I'm going to take Atlanta and ride it. I I I am going to stick with this spot. I don't love it. Minus two, my ratings had it a little higher than that, so I didn't really love this spot. Again, I only really love two games this week, but I'm taking the Falcons. I just think it's time to buy low on them. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I get that that is the trend amongst the gambling community, and I, again, I, I know I've cited the Falcons from last year many a times in previous weeks, but I felt like we were trying to do that with the Falcons last year. We were saying, oh, well, we got to get off them because it's Marcus Mariota and it's you know, they can only really run the ball. They're kind of a one-trick pony, and they kept covering and winning for, I believe, through week six or seven. They were, you know, mm-hmm. above, above 70, 70%, 80% uh, in their against the spread record. And uh, I do worry a little bit about the Atlanta offensive line hasn't necessarily been dominating the same way that they have in past years. They are only 30th. I mean, they're a mere 30th in run block. Sorry, sorry, not there, not not quite so bad. 23rd in run block win rate so far this year. Um, so they're, you know, obviously B. John Robinson's super talented. Algiers got, you know, plenty of talent himself. So they're getting by regardless. But I mean, I think we are reaching the end of, of the time with Desmond Ritter. I really think Heineke is, is coming in these next three weeks. It could easily, Heineke could be in the second half of this game if he throws. And I would love that. Over. And would that would scare the hell out of me. That <laughs> so. would be fantastic. That would yeah. be fantastic. Heineke coming into the second half, I mean, that's cold for Atlanta. And that could legitimately happen. So that's something else I would probably maybe harp on as well. But we shall see, right? Yeah. Look, Houston just got to get up early in this game and they can run away yes. with this. Yes, that is so, so that, that's true. The, that's the one thing. Your bet can be dead much earlier on than my bet. Agreed. I do agree with that. I agree with that. Number four. Uh, number four here. Uh, again, going kind of back to the well as far as not a team that we're betting on, but a team we're picking against. And we mentioned it in the pre-show. Joe Burrow is not like we got to stop giving Joe Burrow the benefit of the doubt because he's Joe Burr. He's horrible this year. He's horrible. He's a bad quarterback when he has one cap. Okay. We could say that about Joe Burrow and the Arizona Cardinals, you know, this line preseason, if you saw the Cardinals were only three point dogs, you'd be smashing the Bengals. And I think that we're still so early on in the season that people are leaning that way, but the Cardinals are just a better team than the Bengals right now. I mean, they are better than them on offense and on defense. 
Um, DVOA, they rank higher. They rank 10 points higher in DVOA so far this season. The Cardinals are 16th, and the Bengals are 26th. And that is 23rd on offense DVOA and 25th on defense DVOA for the Bengals. So it's not even just the offensive side of the ball that's struggling. Their defense, we knew that they lost players this offseason, and they have not been able to fix that and replicate it. They looked really good in a Monday night game against the Rams. We've got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And Luana Rumo blitzed the hell out of Matt Stafford, and they were able to do it. But just some stats to talk about how bad Burrow is right now. He's dead last in yards per attempt at 4.8. Um, he, he leads the league in getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds, which I kind of mentioned with Stroud and doing that in a good way. And I said how Burrow is getting it out in a bad way because, yes, he leads the league in attempts under two and a half seconds, but it's not because he's in time. It's because he has to out of desperation. Um, in those situations, throwing the ball under two and a half, he's 31st out of 36 qualifying quarterbacks in yards per attempt, and he's 30th out of 36 in passer rating. That's, that comes from Chris Raybon from the Action Network. Um, and then another one, he's just – as far as uh, this is a stat, I, I honestly, you know, this is one of those ones that I hear and I kind of understand, but I definitely can't explain it to you. EPA plus com- plus completion percent over expectation. That's it's a mouthful and it's a it's a wordy stat, but he is negative 0.09 EPA in that category. The only other two quarterbacks that are a negative EPA over completion percentage over expectation composite. Got it yeah. out that time. Are Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett? Ugh. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, all in the same category. I mean, that is not where you want to be. Cincinnati's dead last in total yards per game. The Cardinals are averaging more than a hundred yards per game than them on offense. And the Cardinals have played San Francisco and Dallas this year, two of the best, easily two of the top five defenses on the year. The Cardinals are just better, and I think that teaser they win this game outright. So give me the plus three against the Bengals. The Bengals, I will keep fading until the market catches up or until they show me something to bet on them. But they're horrible. Oh, Maddie, How do we keep doing this where we keep getting the same game? This is my number one play of the week. We only chew big red, baby. I mean, this, this line makes zero sense. And even so, like, I don't have the Cardinals, like, very highly rated in my personal power range. I have them the 22nd ranked team in the league. I have the Bengals 30th. I mean, that, that's how bad the Bengals are playing right now. The market's not even watching this game. I mean, the I, the Cardinals should be a favorite easily, easily should be at least a one to two point favorite in my estimation. Um, and it's about Arizona. Like, we're, we're talking about this is much more than just a slow start or a string of good luck for Arizona. The offensive scheme is utterly amazing and almost as good as those fresh-to-death white jerseys they were wearing on Sunday against the 49ers. Those were beautiful. I love those things. But if you look at if you look at some of the, the metrics, they're tied for six in sacks allowed. Their offensive line is playing really well. They're second in yards per carry. They're sixth in rushing yards per game. Ninth in EPA per play. You know, I mean, seemingly <clears throat> every category that measures offensive football, Arizona's getting it done. Almost every category, Cincinnati is just not good. I could go down the list over and over. 31st in completion percentage, uh, 32nd in yards per attempt, passer rating. They're dead last in the league in that category. I mean, it is just, it goes on and on and on with this team. Rushing yards per game, 31st in the league. Um, I, I, 
they could just keep going. I mean, it's crazy how bad this team is on offense, especially in the rushing game. By the way, Joe Burrow, 1-6-1 and one against the spread in his last seven starts? I mean, what happened? His last eight starts, excuse me. Um, I don't know what happened. I mean, this guy was a cover machine, and, and now it's just it, it seems like he's something is going on that's deeper than just a, a, a calf muscle. You know, it's got to be something more. By the way, the, the, the run defense is what we're really going to look for against Cincinnati because or against Arizona because that's what Arizona does. They want to run the football. Cincinnati's 31st in yards per game. They're 30th in yards per carry. If there was a get-right game for Cincinnati's offense, it's this one because Arizona's defense is not very good. But now without Higgins, I mean, is there any traction for them to get in this game? Is there anything? I mean, things are just not there. He may need to sit. Honestly, I think he may need to sit. I I, I, I think so. I think that might honestly be the thing. Matt, I want to give one more um, uh, action network throughout this stat as well. Double-digit dogs that lost the week before and did not cover. In the last 20 years, those teams are 133-93-5 against the spread. It's 59% against the spread. Pretty good. Does Burrow need to sit? Because I think this is a great play. I agree with you. This is a money line play. Yeah, I mean, they have to get him healthy. I mean, at this point, the season's pretty much lost. You're one and three in in, in a division that is going to be really, really hard to win. I mean, you got, you know, Steelers eventually when they fire Matt Canada should get their, their act going a little bit. But they've got, you know, you've got three really tough defenses that you're going against in your division, regardless what their offenses look like. And, and you're already, you know, fighting from the ground up from, from the bottom to the top. So just get Burrow. He is the future of your organization. He is the future for the next 10 to 15 years. Stop letting him decide if he's the one who needs to go out and play. He's clearly not right. Let's, let's get him right and not have, you know, anything that can extend over the life of his career with, with this, you know, with his throwing leg, with his plant leg. I mean, he can't throw off of a bad back throwing leg. And they've been under, he's been under duress the entire year. Like, the offensive line is a terrible. mess again. It's it's yeah. back to being a mess. It was a 2020 mess. And somehow yeah. he was able to do it back then. By the way, uh, Lou, thank you, you for that. Me. Higgins is questionable. Uh, so he's not out, out, but I mean, the ribs, you know, that's, I don't that's know. It's a hard thing to play through. It is. It very much is. Number three. Number three here. Mm, man, this is, we're getting to the point, like, and I don't know why I picked these the way I do, because I don't like this one. You know, I like this one less than the other two I've done, but I think it's the good spot that you want to take them in. And we haven't, I don't think anybody's taken this team all year on this show because we've been right from our preseason predict predictions. We're going to take the Minnesota Vikings plus five and a half points at home going against the Kansas City Chiefs as Lou cackles because I go against the Prince of Darkness with Kirk Cousins. And it's not a noon game, too. If it was a noon game, if it was a noon game with the new nightmare, I would feel fantastic with Kirk Cousins. But this is the type of spot that you want to fade Mahomes. Uh, you know, he's great when he is a favorite of three points or less or as an underdog. Uh, I mean, he's like he hits like 80 percent in those games. Um, but in games where he is not a three-point favorite or less or an underdog, he is 30, 37, and one. So hitting below 500. And I just think Kirk Cousins is a lot better at home. And I think I know that Kansas City's got a better defense, but the fact that Zach Wilson moved the ball in last week is making me believe they could do it a little bit. But I don't know. Lou, Lou, what do you got for me? Uh it is um Sorry to do this to you. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? 
Oh God! This, this is this oh, is oh, what Dan? What like? You have to ask this question, question every week now. It's like yes, we are. Lure. We are. It's one of those things now. Yes. This is you what. what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a it's a Minnesota. She ain't called Minnesota. You know, Kansas City, the hometown. Okay, we'll do that. Oh, New York City. Taylor's probably going to be in New York City anyway. She <laughs> ain't going out to the Midwest. You kidding me? Get out of here. She ain't going to be freezing. So maybe, the ball, All right. That's maybe a great stadium, though. See. It's a great stadium. It is. It looks fantastic. I know you've been there. And uh, maybe we could actually see football players on the cameras and like see football <laughs> players like celebrate the touchdowns instead of showing Taylor Swift uh, when the Chiefs score a touchdown, which Whoa. would be fantastic. What? Oh, celebrating touchdowns? No fun. Oh, watch out! Watch out! Mama Kelsey's up there. Be care- careful now. Show respect. Oh, yeah, because that's who we were showing. Yeah. Did you see uh, Byron Murphy said he was going to say something about Taylor Swift to to Kelsey on on Sunday? I is it is it maybe uh, throwing him a little bit? Is it maybe a distraction? Is it maybe? Oh. And again, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, this feels too like we're, we're ready to lose. I, obviously, they lost week one against Detroit, but looking more and more every week that Detroit is just a legit team. And like I said it all offseason, I couldn't believe that they were third, fourth in the NFC favorites to win the NFC. But it's really looking that way now as far as how, they, how they're rolling. Um, and the Chiefs lose a game like this every year. Remember losing to the Colts last year? Remember losing yeah. to Matt Ryan and the Colts in like week three oh. or four last year? No, as as, as, as eight-point dogs? You know what I mean? Like, they lose these weird kind of games. Yes, the Chiefs, the Minnesota defense is bad, and the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball. But again, I worry about their wide receivers. I'm like, yes, they could be wide open and they could drop the ball. But the Chiefs defense has shown a little bit more vulnerability now, again, with Zach Wilson moving the ball last week. And I think that... The Minnesota offense, there's nothing to be said about. Like it's great. It, it's better, and they're running the ball better too. They're not just throwing the ball anymore. So, um, I, I like getting five and a half points with Minnesota here against the Chiefs. Tell me why I'm wrong. Because <laughs> we still don't take into account that they are a turnover waiting to happen, and the more chances you give Mahomes, I just I can't get there. I. I don't have anything on this game. I actually worry more about Pacheco than anybody else. I think Pacheco could be the nail in the Vikings defense. I think that could be a real issue for them. He is running like a maniac. Um, And I thought that he really gave them the chance there to win that game. They could have lost that game if it got out of hand. Mahomes could have – they just kept putting it up. I mean, Pacheco kind of saved them by being able to run the ball so well. So – I get it. Like the Vikings' offense is good, but I don't know when the balls is going to go to the other team. I have no idea. You know, so I can't. I can't go anywhere near this. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, and again, too, in a week where the Chiefs won Sunday Night Football, the only thing that we talked about was Taylor Swift and Zach Wilson looked better than Mahomes in that game. And it's like the Jets lost, yeah. but the only th- things I heard all week have been. Well, Zach Wilson looks pretty good in that game, and then oh, did you see Taylor Swift again. Like, we're not even acknowledging the Chiefs anymore. We're not maybe talking I'm falling, about maybe the I'm falling, Chiefs, you know. It's maybe, maybe I'm falling into that trap, but again, I think that this is we're ripe to lose to just lose a weird one. All right, at Fair least keep enough. it close. Fair enough, Matt. I uh, this is my least favorite, and I really wanted to take and. I can't believe I'm doing this two weeks in a row where I really want to take another team out of here. And this is my number five pick. No question. But it's, again, a buy low. 
I hate it, but they're better against bad teams, and they're better as favorites. I am taking the Patriots again. The Patriots. I, I am taking yeah. the Patriots again. I, I yeah. I don't yeah, even. Yeah, the Patriots, ten and seven season, still yeah. alive. It's, yeah, it's hell alive. yeah, macaroni. <laughs> yeah. Uh God, I don't even want to do the notes in this game. It sucks. Give it to me. But here are the notes. Schedule finally softens. Like we said, both of these offenses stink. Both of the defenses are maybe slightly above average, although with the Patriots losing their best two players on defense, that is maybe, I don't know. Uh, the one team similar to the Patriots did play this year is obviously the Jets, or to the Saints, uh, is the Jets, whom they played in a rainstorm on the road. Um, even though New Orleans, I barely have them rated higher defensively than the Jets, I have them rated actually lower offensively. They are so bad on offense. No deep throws. Carr is 27th in the league in passer rating. They're last in red zone offense. They're one of four teams in the league that has less than four and a half yards per play on offense. And New England has bad numbers too, but here's the fact of the matter. New England's played the second hardest schedule in the league. The Saints have played the fourth easiest schedule in the league, and they have the same exact numbers. I don't question Mac Jones in terms of his accuracy. I question his decision-making more than anything else, and I'm still not on him. He is on throws of, this is from PFF, on throws of 10 to 19 yards this year, so deep throws, quote-unquote, uh, or intermediate throws, excuse me. He's fifth in the league in passer rating on those throws, uh, right behind Tua. So he's very bad as a dog, but as a favorite, he's 12-7-1 in his career. Just throw it on the board, New England minus one. Yeah, I mean, so this is, I, I think I told I don't know if I said it, pre-show or on the show, but I, I changed a couple of picks and I, I took New Orleans out last minute because I was going to take New Orleans here plus one because, again, the only reason that you want to bet on New England is for their defense and they just lost their two best defensive players this past week. I mean, they're your two best, right? I, I, uh, yeah, as... no, I, I think Gonzalez, Gonzalez, well, they traded for J.C. Jackson today. I don't know what that is, but crazy. Um, yeah, so it, it's a no-risk thing. They're not paying any money and they gave up a minimal pick, but I think Gonzalez is a heavier hit. Judon is a big hit, but they have depth at that position. The cornerback, they don't. They need to get the Joneses back. All the Joneses have been out. If Jonathan Jones can go this week, that would be huge. But we can't keep up with these Joneses. They just keep, you know, getting hurt. Got Jackson and the Joneses now. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really that's really what we're working with. Is is that and and same kind of thing. It's like they're both are horrible offenses with middling to above average defenses. Um, and especially, you know, I think obviously Patriots take a giant downgrade with losing those two players. They, they were above average for sure, but without those two, it's a question mark of what they're going to look like. And it, it got me off in New Orleans thinking Derek Carr cannot throw it out. I mean, again, I, I, you probably heard on every other NFL show you heard this week um, that Kamara caught 13 passes for 33 yeah, yards. Just the most insane stat line you've ever heard in your life. Uh, and he had a 10 yard gain on one play. So, I mean, it's really like 12 for 22, <laughs> which is just crazy. Um, and, and so it does make me think, okay, if, if there's a, there's a clear deficiency in the saints offense that Belichick's going to be able to scheme against, it's, you know, keep everything underneath. They're going to be able to blitz heavy because they don't need to, to drop safeties back deep and, and, and account for guys like, you know, Shahid. Uh, or any deep, you know, Olave going deep at all, which they're just not getting the ball to Olave. He had one catch last week. 
um, you know, 13 catches to Kamara. We got to, they got to find a balance in that, but I do think new Orleans still has a chance in this game. I just took it out of my five, but I, I mean, again, New England being only minus one at home would tell you that on a neutral field, New Orleans is the better team overall. So it's just a matter of how much home field advantage is going to factor in for the Patriots here. But uh, I I get the buy low spot. And I think that they are still getting a huge Belichick factor. I think that is really what's keeping this line where it's at. And if it's any other coach after the losses that they've had, they'd be a two point dog at home probably right now. Probably. And, you know, I, I can understand that. I keep coming back to they essentially have the same numbers. New Orleans might be a little worse offensively. Um, but second hardest schedule versus fourth easiest. I mean, you have the same numbers and you've played way tougher competition. I mean, now you're at home. I don't know. I, I just I have a, a small feeling that they might eke out this game uh, before they go to Vegas next week. Number two, Matt. Number two, all right, if we said we were getting feeling gross about the last one, bread and butter here, baby. We're just back to the good old-fashioned principles here. We've got an AFC North game that's got a four-point home dog. Talk about buying low on a bad offense. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin catching four points at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I know this one feels ugly. I mean, the, the Steelers offense has been putrid. It's been one of the worst in the league. It's arguably, if, if the Bears didn't have the week they had last week, uh, you know, I've actually, they're, no, they're, they're probably worst offense in the league right now for everything. But we do have a chance that Mitch Trubisky plays this game, which is sadly going to be an upgrade. I mean, it's sadly going to be an upgrade. Kenny Pickett <laughs> on Wednesday, as we recorded this, has he practiced and he has a giant brace on from all the things I've seen on Twitter um, that he is still practicing, but I think he's going to be out. Mitch, it can't get any worse than Kenny's been. So Mitch is not that bad of a downgrade. And I just think that Baltimore has been getting away with, again, playing teams that are just as hurt as they are, if not worse. I mean, we saw rear its ugly head when they played the Colts and they lost outright as eight point favorites, but the Ravens got, you know, have been decimated from injury since the first quarter of week one. And now there's a potential that they're going to be without Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses, their two tackles in this game. And now you got to deal with TJ Watt and Alex Heisman. I mean, they're going to be bringing some serious pressure on these guys. Um, like I said, if Mitch comes in, the offense, it cannot be any worse. And it's more of the spot in this one. It's not me buying in on Pittsburgh. I'm not going to try and say that the, the Matt Cannon offense is going to get better because it's not going to get better until they fire him. Um, but all the meetings between these two teams are so close historically. Uh, uh, The last six meetings between these teams have all been decided by five points or less. Five of the last six were decided by four points or less, which hits to the trend, you know, selective stats that we like to pull here. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 10 of the last 16 meetings, which brings us back to 2015, have been decided by four points or less. Um, The underdog in this matchup, when the line is three or more dating back to 2008, the underdog three or more is 17, one and three. Wow. 17, one and three in this matchup. And for good measure, we'll give you the Tomlin spot. Mike Tomlin's teams cover at a 71% rate as a home dog. Tomlin Steelers are 14, three and one, which is 82%. 
against the spread when they come off of a loss of seven points or more. I mean, it's a Tomlin spot. We got to take them. Pittsburgh Steelers plus four. Yeah, you almost have to, don't you? I mean, have to. I, I this Lou, Lou hates me, Lou hates the trends. Lou's like Lou watches with his eyeballs. He doesn't really like to yeah. read the trends. He thinks I'm stupid, but no, you're fine. You're fine. But we got to talk. Nevertheless, the the money parlay four points or less. I I want to talk money line parlay so bad. Go go Dan. Oh boy, I'm not, I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm not putting this in money line parlay. No, I I, I my biggest fear and. Uh, my biggest fear is is the Ravens' defense has just been playing lights out, and I, I do have a fear of that. But they know them; they just they know each other. And if Pittsburgh's defense can just step up, and and they know how to play Lamar, I got nothing on that. I mean, I I just want to sit back and watch that game. That game scares me to death. That could go. I feel like it could go either way. Um. So yeah, no. I, I if you're gonna take a spot in that game, I, I think you have to take Pittsburgh. Though I agree with you. Yeah. Um, this would be my number three since Arizona is my number one. I haven't done this yet this year. I haven't taken this large favorite, but we got to get our big favorite in. I liked it better because it was it was under a specific number earlier today and yesterday, and now it's gotten all the way up. So, like I said, at some point I got to get a big favorite in. I think this one's so big. I'm taking the Lions at home minus ten against the Carolina Panthers. I just don't see it. I, I I seem like everything for Carolina last week, like I said, went right. And they still couldn't cover that game. They just still couldn't cover it. The second half, they completely idled on offense. They moved the ball against the Minnesota front because Cousins threw the ball 19 times in that game and was picked twice in the red zone. He only threw it 19 times. And even though Carolina, like I said, 38 minutes with the ball, 31 rushes for 83 yards. That's 2.7 yards. It's abysmal. Against the Vikings? Like, what are we doing? I'm Brian Flores. There it is. That's justified. But that game was there for them, and now they have to go on the road playing a red-hot offense in Detroit, who, with 30 seconds left in the first half against Green Bay last week, had 12 first downs to the Packers' one. I think Carolina's spent, like I said, last in pass block win rate. Detroit is sixth in pressure rate, by the way, and tied for second in opponents' punts per play. Jared Goff last year, passer rating was 14 points higher than on uh, at home than on the road. His touchdown-interception ratio, 23-3 and to three at home, 6-4 to four on the road. Uh, Goff, 27-14 and 14 against the spread indoors, 18-8 and eight at home. Since 2020, best in the NFL. Plus, Jamison Williams, back from suspension this week. Another weapon for him to throw to. Big time. Plus, Carolina, the most penalized team in the league. There's no discipline, along with no fight. And in the wild, Lions are just stronger than Panthers. And that's why they're the kings of the jungle. Give me the Lions. Big. Minus 10. Loved it at minus 9.5, but we'll take it 10. Yeah, I, I think the Lions. Like, I got to figure out. I'm, I'm probably gonna get on a, a, a teaser piece with them, or maybe some, some Montgomery rushing yards or something. But again, being being on the fast track in Detroit for a Carolina offense that cannot look slower. I mean, I mean, Adam Thielen might crack like a five second forty on the, the fast track in Detroit. Like he might do it, but 
uh, man, their passing attack and this their entire offense for Carolina is really, really bad. And the front four of, of Detroit has looked fantastic. I mean, they're a great run-stopping defense. And then Aiden Hutchinson's all you need as far as getting pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback. I mean, he is a dog out there. Is getting. I mean, he was in Jordan Love's grill the entire game last week. So uh, I, it's a big one to take down. But, I mean, I, like, I, I do agree. I think Carolina is just bottom of the barrel. I, I mean, it, it's bad. Without a number one pick again this year, right. Chicago's Chicago's about to have the one and two overall pick this year. Right? How crazy is that? Um, uh, what I was gonna say was, you like having Dave Montgomery on uh, on the old fantasy team there? Kind of like it. Kind of like it. Kind of like we saw Jamal Williams and everybody again last year. I fell victim to DeAndre Swift is awesome. He's super electric. He's super dynamic. Why aren't they gonna use this guy? And then Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns and like set a record for touchdown, rushing touchdown score. And this year, Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs is super electric. He's going to be the guy. But they got a bruiser in David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And that's just the kind of ball that Dan Campbell likes to play. That they do. Maddie, I'm going to give you a choice. You want me to do my number two before you do number one or you want to go? Yeah, go ahead. You go. You give me your number two. All right, fine. Number two. Aha! Ah, yes. Back to business. Mm. Super Cooper balls are gonna find me. Give me the Rams plus four and a half. I love it. I love it. Super Cooper, possibly, but likely. Back, uh, hopefully. I know that he hasn't been activated quite yet, but... There's a chance that Cooper Cup could be back for this game, which would be amazeballs. Uh, Philadelphia at the Rams. I'm taking the Rams plus four and a half. You got to ride that wave, Matt. I, I, if you're going to be the Texans guy, I'm going to be the Rams guy. I have taken the Rams like every week. Uh, and the one time I didn't take them, they pushed. So I feel great about this. Um, almost made this my number one play. This was just outside of it. But I love this. I mean, the Rams have been outstanding offensively. Stafford plays at that elite level. He's second in the league in yards with a shoddy offensive line. Uh, they might get cut back to add with Naku. And everybody talks about that Rams offense, but how about Raheem Morris in the defense? I mean, they're playing real well. They're second in the league in defensive completion percentage, second and third down defense, tied for fifth in opponents' red zone attempts. They're also tied for third and third down attempts per game allowed, which is crazy. And if you think, oh, damn, well, they're tied for third and third down attempts because everybody gets first downs on second down. Well, not really. They're tied for 10th and first downs allowed per game. So, I mean, they're they're in top 10 categories in all these categories. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Where is this Philadelphia defense? Where is it? Where is it? You can't really run on Philly, but you can move the football a little bit. You can move the football a little bit. You're tied for 22nd in opponent's red zone attempts. You're tied for 29th with the Raiders in red zone defense. You're tied for 30th with Denver in fourth quarter opponent scoring. How crazy is that? With secondary issues as a concern, Stafford may be able to pick apart this Philadelphia defense, as Sam Howell did last week with 300 yards and four for five in the red zone. Hurts, I think, too. He's taken a little bit of a small step back, I think. Obviously, it's... You know, a small step back from Hurts last year. Was, he was an MVP level player. And he had a very nice performance against Washington, but he's 8 and 13 against the spread on the road since 2020. Plus, a big stat here for you, Matt. 
teams that are 4-0 and a road favorite in week five over the last 20 years, 37, 48-1, 43%. Thank you, Action Network. Ride it till it dies. Ride the wave. Sean McVay and the Rams, plus four and a half. Well, this couldn't have come to a better fitting end because my number one play of the week is the Philadelphia Eagles, minus four and a half. No. Yes, absolutely it is, Daniel. I love I, it. I, again, everybody is getting high. The, the betters love the Rams. The betters are loving the Rams because we're covering numbers. We're 3-0-1 against the spread. 4-0 if you got a good number against the Bengals and didn't get that push. But 3-0-1, we're getting fat and happy on a team that's got one of the worst defensive lines in the league and it's got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, I think that we have exactly, I mentioned it earlier, we saw the Cincinnati versus uh, Rams game on Monday Night Football. And what did the what did Cincinnati do? They brought pressure all day on Stafford and they scored, what, six points in that game or 13 points in that game. And if they got a late touchdown, he struggled mightily. And we have seen that against any team with a decent pass rush. Now, I know that the Eagles did not get home last week on Washington against the bad offensive line, and that's exactly why I don't think we'll see that two weeks in a row. The Rams' offensive line had had PFF pass-blocking grades. When they played San Francisco and they played Cincinnati, two teams with good – San Francisco elite pass rush and Cincinnati a good pass rush, especially because they dialed up so many blitzes. They had a PFF pass-blocking grade of 23.7 against San Francisco, and 26.7 against Cincinnati. That's scored out of 100, folks. Uh, So that's a failing grade by all means. Now they get to go against the league uh, league leader in quarterback pressures this year. And not only as the defensive line as a whole, which the Eagles have 54 quarterback pressures on the year, but on the interior, Jalen Carter is wrecking havoc on the entire league. He has a 20% pressure rate from the interior off of the defensive line that is what you see an edge rusher an elite outside linebacker an elite you know three technique on the outside getting he's tied with Micah Parsons for pressure rate this year at Jalen Carter I know that they again they had a down week last week I think that's exactly why they bounced back the Rams were able to survive against Seattle who has no pass rush at all and they survived against the Colts last week who did not very, execute very well on the pass rush. But I think the Eagles read, and, and, you know, so go to the other side of the ball. The Eagles offense hasn't looked great, but I think the read option that they run with Hertz is exactly the kind of thing that will take away the one weapon that the Rams have on defense in Aaron Donald. I mean, you just key in on that guy. You, you're able to read him on every play and make sure that you're not running the ball right into his teeth. Um, you know, if he's coming after the quarterback, you're able to get get into the balls, uh, the, the hand of the running back. Um, if he's taking the running back, Hurts can pull it out, run it himself or throw it himself. I, I think that they have gotten fat and happy of a pretty weak schedule so far this year in the Rams. And I think that Philly absolutely dominates this game. I think that they can beat them by mm. 14 points. I know that they, they I know that they haven't looked good. But guess what? They haven't been playing their best ball and they're 4-0. Because they're that freaking good on both sides. They will dominate the trenches on both sides of this. 
They clearly have the better offense when everything's working right. And I'm not going to rely on Cooper Cup coming back from, you know, maybe a little early from a leg issue and be running the, you know, be running routes super clean and super well. I don't care how bagged up the Philly secondary is. I really don't. Mm. Eagles minus four and a half. Mm. You know, this pass block win rate thing feels like this is like a, this is like a, uh, this is like one of those buzzer stats, you know, like I didn't, I I didn't mention, I didn't mention that in this one. I mentioned pressure rate. I mentioned pressure Pressure in this one. And you gave a lot of pressure pressure rate. Rams, what I'm looking at, Rams eighth in the league in pressure rate allowed. At least that's my numbers that I'm seeing. So I, I mean, I can get behind it and I can see, like, that's my one fear is, they dominate the lines, and there's no question about that. Now, Donald, obviously, is going to be a problem, but everybody else, you know, we'll see. But if Stafford's getting the ball out early and that offense is clicking, you know, I, I haven't liked the coaching uh, the coaching on the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator this year for, for Philly. I think they've took it, taken a step back in that way, and I think McVay – and and Raheem Morris have have propped themselves up. That that's where I've seen a lot of this. So that's where I'm at with this game, and I actually really like it. I, I still like the Rams a lot. Uh, D- Dan, are you getting nervous? You getting a little nervous about the head to head? I'm on a winning streak. Have we ever had two head to head streak? Two head to heads. I don't. Yeah, think but this is you know this is this is where uh, I'm starting to hear some stuff out of you. You don't seem so confident. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You're normally the stats guy. You know, we're gonna to go to the underweather next, but yeah, I, I'm. I feel nervous. Oh, I felt like my stats. I felt like my stats were. I felt like my stats were were better, in my opinion. Obviously, I did. Oh, well, of course you I'm do. On the Rams, you know. But I love I'm that stat. I'm just asking. You know, I, I I'll come back to that stat. Teams that are four and zero and a road favorite in Week Five over the last twenty years are forty three trends. I like trends that, that are irrelevant to teams. I like. To oh, okay. So playing. now we're not. Now we're not looking at trends now. Okay. See, pick and choose. Pick and choose the fruit of tree, the, the tree of, of good and evil versus the tree of knowledge, whichever one you want. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. I think the Rams are going to win this game. I think you're going to surprise me. I like this outright. I like the Rams in this game. I really do. We might, we might have a head to head bet. We might have a head to head bet. That's amazing that you had Philly. I, I haven't heard anybody betting on Philly this week. So that's and, interesting. And I, I agree to that too, but it was one of those lines I saw, and I'm like, "How does Philly not dominate again?" I really think the Rams' offensive line is so bad, and they've gotten away with it. But I mean, the two times, like I said, when they played San Francisco, when they played Cincinnati, Stafford was a mess, and he couldn't get the ball out at all. And it was his two worst games. And I think that Philadelphia, the team that's leading the league in pressure rate, they will not stumble. You know, last week you had a divisional game. It's on the road again. I get that. But, you know, you play a divisional opponent that's definitely lesser than you. And maybe you play down to that level a little bit. And I, I just don't think that Philly, I think that the fact they did not get as much pressure last week, it's going to be a point of emphasis in practice this week. And they're going to get back to doing what they do best. Hmm. We shall see. I'm a, I'm riding the Rams line. I don't care. Like, I, am, I am all over. Like, yeah, they're going to go. They're going to go 17 and all against the spread. They are. Yep. yep. They Perfect. are. 16-0-1. I love it. I love it. Uh, leans. What you got? Leans. So like I said, I already I had New Orleans was a was a lean uh, going against the Patriots. I was almost there. Uh, the other last one out. Uh, I want actually I want to get your feelings game. 
Tennessee and Indianapolis. Uh, one of our Too favorite close. AFC South matchups at a minus one, one and a half. Where are you at? My power ratings had this Colts plus one. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I was like heard way that. too close. I was almost on the Colts because I'm kind of just very much against again Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Ryan Tannehill on the road has been abysmal this year. He's been absolutely abysmal. Uh, I think I del- you know, did I have it? Uh, yeah, on the, on the road, he is uh, 55.2% PFF grade at, on the road. 85.4 uh, at home and passer rating is a 43 pass rating on the road versus a 113 pass rating at home. Um, and again, again, I think it's just against a defense that can actually get a little bit of pressure here with Indianapolis. So I was leaning Indianapolis, but I I'm surprised that one. I'm surprised they didn't make your five. I thought this was, this is feels like the week to take them. You know? Yeah. And, and then as far as, well, and then really a game we got to talk about is big game of the week. Sunday Night Football, I almost took the uh, the 49ers minus three and a half because mm-hmm. after seeing what the Cardinals were able to do running the ball against Dallas, it's clear it's the clear deficiency in Dallas, offensively or defensively. The offense has been playing pretty pretty well. The red zone offense is a deficiency, but on the defensive side, if you had to find a weakness, it's running the ball. And who runs the ball better than anybody Seriously. in the league? The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's offense, and they still have Christian McCaffrey's healthy right now. So I was, I'm really close. Uh, like I said, I, I bet San Francisco minus three and a half. And I think the hook on that three is really buying people into bet on Dallas. I mean, already, you know, the public team sure. every week uh, of buying in on America's team, but I think San Francisco could roll them in this one. I had 49ers rated higher on offense. I had Dallas, the second Dallas was the top defense. I had the 49ers were second. Uh, and I this has never happened in the history of my ratings because it's like, like I said, extreme end, so it never lands on the number. I had a 49ers minus three and a half. That's the exact number that I had it. I'm like, wow, wow that's that was, crazy. It was crazy. You're so getting like, you're fine tuning the formula, Dan. You're fine tuning it. It's getting there. It's getting there. It was like I got the Allen wrench out. All right, guess I'm not touching that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was right on the money. So I, I would again, I lean 49ers from what I've seen. I think. By my eyes, they are the best team I've seen. By and, my I think, and, and I keep hearing people make the case for Dallas. It's like, well, look at Dallas this year. They they look better. And and again, they could they could win this game because it's not the playoffs. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, when these two teams eventually meet in the NFC playoffs, four nighters coming up. Just don't put Zeke at center. That's it. Don't put don't put your running back at center. That's that's what I call for in this game. Uh is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right, Lane's last one out. Should have put him in here, but I don't see how the Jets are, are underdogs. I I don't get it. Like I, the Broncos are so bad. Like the defense is horrible. It's like horrible. I, I all the Jets wouldn't even have to throw the ball that much. I mean, I don't know. Ben. The Broncos have allowed the worst completion percentage in history through four weeks. They um, are the worst uh, passing defense in history, but that's exactly why you bet on the Broncos. And again, going back to everybody talked about Zach Wilson this week. They lost, and you would have thought Zach Wilson won the Super Bowl last week with how much we're hearing about Zach Wilson. Fade that Sunday night winner with that performance big time. That's Sunday night winner. That's a Jets Sunday, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was a winner. That's so good. That's a Sunday um, Dan, Dan, uh, is this – Plus one and a half? What are, we, what are we looking at here? What are we doing? 
Yeah, I think they're plus one and a half. Oh, my God. Uh, God bless. All right. No, go ahead. All right, so I like I like that lean, and I like another team that's plus one. Uh, the Raiders on Monday night against – Oh, see, I, 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 I left the pack. Uh, the Packers are kind of a lean for me. Um, just I'm going to play that game. It's Monday night game. It's the only game. So, um, But I, I like the Packers. But I think the, the Raiders are – Raiders are dead to ditch. Yeah, they, they suck right now. Again, it's another buy low opportunity, but it, it would be a buy low opportunity as well. Um, I think maybe a little time off for for Green Bay. Uh, maybe they come out a little slower. They go on the road. Jordan Love. I, I don't know. I think I, Vegas can't be playing worse than they have been right now. And it's been a lot of decision making at the end of games and stuff. I think I think they can they can eat that game out. Maybe. Uh, let's go to the specials. Under the weather is four and freaking oh, and I really like the one that I have this week. I really like it. There's only two games that have any weather involved outdoors because almost every game this week is indoors. So enjoy your enjoy your warm room temperature game. Uh, New England and New Orleans. It's like it's stealing. I mean, under forty um, wins. 10 to 20 miles an hour, 61 degrees and sunny, 14 mile an hour sustained. You know we care more about wind than rain or anything else. Um, I almost put Buffalo and Jacksonville in here, actually, but I realized the game was in London, and Buffalo is going to be a mess. It would have been easily, easily. I'm like, 48 and a half in that weather? Are you kidding me? And then I realized it was in London. Uh, But this one, like I said, the wind will be at least 14 miles an hour sustained. And here's a stat for you. The New Orleans Saints games have gone under in 10 straight, including 13 of the last 14 Saints games have gone under. So I really like this one. Under the weather, Saints and the Pats under 40. Yeah, I just locked that one. I love, I love that already. Yeah, you're, it's, I didn't realize about indoor games, Minnesota, Arizona, Indianapolis, Atlanta, like all the, all the dome teams are at home this week. Everything so. Tough, tough pickings for you. Um, all right, give me some magic. Parlay. Come on, we gotta re- we gotta repeat it. We'll lead it off. We, we we like the Cardinals. I mean, we're taking the Cardinals here. I think plus one forty. Um, I think is the way to go. Luke yes. continues to cackle. Um, and now I'm gonna go against either you or I'm gonna go against Lou. My original was Houston, but I that didn't give me enough of a return. I don't think. Mm. Ah. Do I just go? What is do I just try? It, it, it's it's plus one hundred and five in the money line. Nah. Plus plus two is a dog. It's only plus three ninety two. Do it. Give me some juice. Give me some juice. Captain <laughs> Kirk, baby. Let's dial up Captain Kirk. Let's <laughs> get the job done. This is why Lou doesn't like it. So I said I'm going against. I'm not picking against the Jets because I mean they had the dogs anyway. But we are going to take get cheeky, man. Come on. We're going to take Captain Kirk with. Joshua Dobbs uh, in the Magic Money Line parlay, which is going to give us uh, the the Vikings are plus one seventy on the money line. Uh, combine that with plus one forty, we'll get you plus five fifty on the money line. I like get like of Houston, uh, sorry, not Houston, Arizona and Minnesota. Mm. Five forty, oh. huh? Dome teams at home. Dome teams at home against teams like you know. Quarterbacks are struggling. It's the anti-Burrow Mahomes game. I'm you fan of the AFC Championship game for the past two years. Fade that AFC title game. Ah, that, the classic, a classic spot. 
Classic spot. Made the AFC title game. That's great. Uh, cool. All right. I like that a lot. Arizona and Minnesota. The Magic Money Line parlay. Okay, Lewis. Tell us what we speak of. I mean, I know what we're going to talk about on Monday morning because it's Taylor Swift this and Taylor Swift Yeah, that. it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if Taylor Swift shows up all of Sordon. We got Aaron Rodgers in, in the body of Zach Wilson slinging dimes. First time throwing <laughs> two touchdowns and zero interceptions. What's going on? What voodoo magic do we have happening here? Uh, bet the narrative. Uh, the, the crystals are out. The crystals are out for us. The crystals are flowing around. Everybody knows their horoscope now. Uh, you know what? Well, Lou, before you, before you say it, before you say it, yeah, this, is, this is a big Dallas spot here. Like, this is a big Dallas spot. On the road, revenge game from last year against the Niners. Like, it's a Sunday night game. Like, is that something we talk about on Monday? Don't, don't throw off the man looking into his crystal ball right now. I, I, I already ball. have it written down. Oh, okay. We, we, to write it down. We, we, every time I listen to you during the show, and then I sit there and I go, oh, maybe not, man. Maybe not. I don't know. No, Dan knows something. We but clearly can't know. think about the narratives. We, fit, no, we, we found can't. that out two weeks ago. No, so. I got that. I got that. It's all right. It's okay. Listen, I want three this week. You have th- a triple threat. I want three. Okay. The first one. Matt, we're riding with CJ Shroud. We're going Houston plus two. All right. Mm. Yeah. Longhorn Spider-Man. Longhorn Spider-Man. All right. We're riding CJ Stroud. All right. He's going to throw at least two touchdowns. All right. You want to put that in too. Uh, second. We got a triple mind mill. We got Arizona plus three versus Cincy. I'm uh, bandwagon. I'm done. I'm done. Since he's done, that's cooked. It. cooked. Some might say they're cooked. I don't know how you cook a tiger or a bangle. <laughs> I don't know. All right. But the Cardinals are going to come in. Chirp, 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 chirp. Kill them. It's done. All right. In the and then number three. Sorry, Dan. We're riding with San Francisco. All right. Whatever the line okay. is, Sunday, we're moving with the San Francisco 49ers, all right? They're going to crush them. They're going to kill them. They're going to destroy them, all right? And then all day next week, every single day, we're going to listen to Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, every other big head, every big talker. Oh, what went wrong on Sunday night? That's it. Done. How about them, Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? How about them Niners? That's what we're going to be talking mm. about. We're going to, we're, we're going to be talking about 30 at... for MVP very soon. I'm just letting you know. 30 for MVP. We're going to be I talking about it soon. We're going to be talking about 49ers outright favorite for the Super Bowl as they are tied right now with the Chiefs at plus 550. Mm. Uh, both tied for Super Bowl favorites. I think that the narrative on Monday, I'm seeing it now as you say I, this. I took it on Niners, Niners Super Bowl favorite maybe for the rest of the year. Yeah, I got to get the number. I took it on Sunday after that display. So we need to get back with Kyle, man. We need to. We need to revisit him. <laughs> yeah, where's our guy Kyle, man? We haven't talked about Kyle in so long. I, we love Kyle. Ah, oh, I miss Kyle. He's a good dude. Uh, okay, fantastic. Uh, let's run it down, Maddie. Your picks for week number five. My picks. We've got. CJ Stroud and them boys, uh, plus two points going on the road to Atlanta. We have uh, Arizona plus three at home against the cooked Cincinnati Bengals. We've got Minnesota maybe winning outright, hopefully winning outright 
plus five and a half against Kansas City at home. Pittsburgh in a Tomlin spot plus four at home. We got three home dogs this week, by the way, Dan. That's talk about getting back to Prince. Mm. Three home dogs this week. Uh, Pittsburgh plus four uh, hosting Baltimore and number one play of the week going head to head against Dan. We have Philly minus four on the road against the Rams. The Magic Moneyland parlay is Arizona and Minnesota. I am going with rebound uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots minus one against New Orleans in a game that literally, if they lose, the season will now officially be over. Uh, Atlanta minus two uh, at home against Houston. We're going head to head. I like that run game. Arthur Smith, buy low, sell high. Big number in Detroit minus ten. I almost like it more than a lot of my other picks. Honestly, like this is starting to really. Made me feel good. Minus 10 for Detroit at home against the, the Panthers. Head-to-head Rams plus four and a half. Ride it till it dies. Sean McVay against the Eagles. And we're going with Arizona number one. And does it make any sense? Two big red. That's what we do in the Valley of the Sun. Cardinals plus three against the Bengals. The end of the weather is Patriots-Saints in Foxborough under 40. And Lewis has three. Three, count them, three bet the narratives. What were they again? Hopefully they're good. That's, uh, hold on one sec. We got uh, uh, bet the narrative, Houston plus two. CJ Shroud comes out and shows what he's made of. Arizona plus three. They're not that bad. They're not tanking. And San Francisco versus the Cowboys minus three and a half. What can go wrong will go wrong, especially in prime time. This is the get back to 500 bet the narrative. Right? Got to do what I got to do. Three and out. Oh no! This will be this will oh, be over. This will be yeah, over. Be over. Mm, mm, ah! <laughs> I'm to sweep a little bit. Clean it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. It is always a pleasure to be here on the Sunday Card. Follow us on Twitter at the Sunday Card for all of our picks posted right around 12:30 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll also be on Sports Country Radio all weekend as well. But get us on Spotify and the rest of your podcast streaming services for. Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silver, and our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone. I'm Dan Zampano, feeling under the weather, but feeling my under the weather, too. We'll see you next week on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.